heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have a wonderful show today. We have on board your the one and only Father Bob Sears, SJ. You know him well. He's been on many times. He's going to be our host today. I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh. Father Sears, as you know or may remember, is a former professor of theology at the Jesuit School of Theology and Pastoral Institute of Loyola in Chicago. His emphasis is on the relationship of psychotherapy and theology. Currently, he's a spiritual director, counselor, and writer on various aspects of healing. Father gives workshops and retreats on faith development and healing, especially intergenerational healing. He was one of the speakers at our conference on soul ties, you may remember, in uh, last October at Mundelein Seminary. And his, his CDs are just off the charts. The people are loving his talk so much. So Father is a, has a website, uh, www.familytreehealing.com where one can find his various publications. He's also chaplain of the, of the board of ACT Heals. So, Father, without further ado, he's going to speak, I understand, on Happy the Meek, They Will Possess the Land. Father, welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> yes, I, I've been doing a kind of series on the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes actually mean happy or blessed. Both words fit. And we know that when we come into the joy of the Lord, that really is a sign of our healing. When, when the Lord heals us, they were filled with joy, and they call in their neighbors and tell them all about it. So this uh, particular one is the third beatitude. God took Israel out of Egypt and promised them a land of their own, flowing with milk and honey. The promised land symbolized their coming home entering into their rest with their anxieties removed they could be at peace with all of their needs taken care of by god's care for them is this not the goal of all healing to come home to our truth and to rest in god we we're always looking for that place where we're home where we can just relax and be ourselves this reward is promised to the meek in Matthew's third beatitude. But what truly is this life-giving attitude? You might think of an unassuming person who doesn't push him or herself on you, who's calm and easy to get along with. You might even think such a person is a pushover, not standing up for his or her rights. But that can't be the full truth, since Jesus himself said, learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And he was hardly a pushover. So what then does that mean? What is the meaning of meekness in Matthew's Beatitude? 
I mentioned in the earlier Beatitudes that one way of looking at Matthew's chapters 5 to 7 is that they present the Beatitudes in one order, all eight of them, and then begin to explain them in reverse order with three passages that clarify the meaning and that bring it home. So we can understand what Matthew means by meekness by the first passage that clarifies this beatitude, which is Matthew 6, 19 to 21. He tells us, Don't store up treasures on earth where moth and decay destroyed and thieves break in and steal, but rather store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroy nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So meekness in this understanding means that we really put our trust in God. We don't take things personally and get angry when things don't go our way or whatever way that happens to be our interpretation. The meek person doesn't focus on his or her own way but relies on God's way. That would give us peace, for God's way is always loving. So if we had that attitude, we would be meek. And then there's another passage, and I'll go past the second one for later, but the, the third passage is well known to us. And this is Matthew 25 to 34. And it brings it out very clearly. He says, don't be anxious about what you are to eat or what you are to wear or what you are is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds in the sky they don't sow or reap they gather nothing into barns yet their heavenly father feeds them are not you more important than they and can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field that grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Isn't that beautiful? God takes care of all his creatures. The Psalms say that he, you give good things to all your creatures and you supply all their needs. So that's, in a sense, what God wants us to have, that attitude of total trust in God's care for us, so that whatever we need will be provided. And that attitude we can have because God is in charge of everything, and so nothing can happen that God isn't in charge of, and God is all love. And so when when he asks us to do that, he says, Seek first. Do not be concerned about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own evil. So that's a beautiful attitude of meekness. The meek person 
not only has his heart in heaven and looks for that, but also trusts God for everything to be taken care of in day-to-day life. And then the second passage is an important implication for this view. It's brought out in verses 19 to 23. Jesus says, If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. Interestingly, one of the the interpreters that I was using for the Beatitudes pointed out that sound in Hebrew means generous. If the person who trusts God, infinite, God's infinite generosity, will also be generous, then your whole body will be filled with light. What a beautiful understanding. St. Ignatius said that God is never outdone in generosity. We can never outgive God. <laughs> if our eye is sound, that is generous, we will be looking for how we can share our gifts with other people, as God does. And when we do that, we don't need to worry. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good for those that love God. And those that love God will also love their neighbor and will take care of their neighbor. So all things then will work good for us. I was thinking when I was reading that passage of the incident that brought this home to me, especially when I was in South Miami soon after my ordination, and I was preparing a homily for Sunday on a beautiful spring day. I was getting no ideas, and so I just sat there for three hours trying to think of what to say, and nothing was coming to me. And I was getting a little frustrated, I must say. So I finally just blurted out to God, Lord, these are your people, and if you want me to say anything, you just better tell me, or I'll just stand there and say nothing. (laughs) And I meant it. Then thoughts started coming to me, and I I was able to write the homily in a a half an hour. It dawned on me after that that God was just waiting for me to admit it wasn't my problem. (laughs) God gave me the task, and God would also give the fulfillment. Later, I came upon a book that said exactly that. It was by Bob Mumford. It was called The Purpose of Temptation. I frequently thought of his point because many people get a vision from God and then think that it's their job to find out how to fulfill it. So I was, it was up to us to cooperate with God in fulfilling it, but whether or not we do actually fulfill God's vision is up to God. So that's what Bob Munford was saying. He was saying, you know, God gave uh, the, for example, the Jews in the garden or in the uh, the desert when they were there for 38 years. Actually, it wasn't total 40; it was 38 years. They were in the desert, and day by day they had to trust. And so that time in the desert then allowed them to realize that God is the one who gives both the vision, the promised land, and the fulfillment. And the fulfillment has to come in God's time. When they began to think, to wonder if they could do it, then they thought that the 
nation that they were going to displace were all giants and they were afraid to do it and so God kept them in the desert for a much longer time so that they would all die out so that they could learn that they had to trust God both for the vision and the fulfillment and so that really is what God is trying to teach us through this beatitude of meekness there's a uh, a psalm that basically is all about the beatitude of meekness, and that's Psalm 37. Let me just read you some passages from this psalm, and you'll see what Jesus was pointing to. It says that, Trust in the Lord and do good, this is verse 3, that you may dwell in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will grant you your heart's request. When we, you know, when we really trust in the Lord, he will grant us our heart's requests. Give up your anger and forsake wrath. Be not vexed. It will only harm you. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall possess the land. Notice how that comes up over and over in this Psalm 37. Yet a little while, and the wicked man shall be be no more. Though you mark his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall possess the land. They shall delight in astounding, abounding peace. And then it says later on, the wicked man borrows but does not repay. But the just man is kindly and gives. He's generous. But those whom he blesses shall possess the land, while those he curses shall be cut off. The just again, in verse 29, shall possess the land and dwell in it forever. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will promote you to ownership of the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you shall look on. Isn't that beautiful? It's so beautiful, Father. I don't. I were. You, did you have more thoughts? More to read? Uh, well, no. That's that's what uh, I had to read. I I could bring something else up, but if you have uh, some comments or questions, that would be great. Well, I mean, I can listen to you all day, but I what I really learned from the very beginning of your talk was that, you know, meekness. It's such an elusive word for us. It's so like it's such a mystery. And meekness, growing up, you, I always thought it was like people who are pushovers, right? Yes, yes. So I never kind of liked that, and I didn't really like that beatitude very much. But <laughs> now <laughs> you've kind of opened it up, right? So yes. it's meekness is not like being a pushover. Meekness is somebody who has the humility to trust in God. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> And to, to put all their cares in God and to trust in God's love and generosity. And when we do that, like tithing, for example, if, we're, if we tithe, we're trusting that God's going to, he can't be outdone in generosity. So people who tithe or give, you know, 10% of their uh, wealth for the Lord's work, they never find that, that they're missing anything because mm-hmm. God says, you know. If mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, trust me and you share what you have with, with uh, people as I share with you, since God is totally giving, 
he, he really doesn't take. He just gives. The Father gives everything to the Son, and the Son gives everything to the Father, and they both give everything to the Holy Spirit. And so when they give to us, they, they want us to trust. But when we start focusing on ourselves rather than on God, then we see want. We see things that are going to be missing rather than things that will mm -hmm. be given to us. When we keep our eyes on God, we have an a eternal fountain of good and generosity, which God doesn't want us to uh, keep from us. So it presupposes to focus on God to have a relationship with God. Yes, yes, amen. That's and very true. So for, for, the, for all of us who, you know, have grown up with faith and maybe gone to Catholic schools and so on, I guess the relationships comes a little bit easier than people that maybe haven't had the benefits of all the teaching and the Gospels and all that. But, but having a relationship, to a personal relationship with Christ is really the opens the door doesn't it to yes yes it does and, and you can have that personal relationship just by asking god say lord because he wants it more than we do you know god is love and so he wants to be loved and to give us love mm -hmm. but he can't give love if we don't open to receive it because love is free he won't force it on anybody mm -hmm. so you know you just kind of fall in love with people you just kind of you meet them and trust them and you start sharing with them and then he, they share with you and a relationship develops. So that's how love is. It isn't something that you can force. You can't try to be loved or, mm -hmm. because people will think that they aren't lovable if you're trying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if it just happens, then they'll know that they're lovable. So you're just, you're, you just must see something in me that I don't see in myself, you know. <laughs> and that's how we draw out from each other the gifts that we have. And it's it's amazing how when we do have that trust, you know, then, then we just want to share things. And then the other person wants to share things. So that's how the relationship develops. So mm -hmm. we really need to be free about the whole thing. But I think in order to be free, the, the, the paradox is we... We have to know we're loved first. Otherwise, we're going to need it so much we'll try too hard. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, Father. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. We have to know we're loved. Beautiful. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. hear music, Father. We're going to probably take a break, and then we'll come back with more um, questions. Very good. A few more seconds. We have a few more. And then we do have some email uh, prayer requests, Father. So we'll... We'll bring those in toward the end of the show. And, okay, um, now do people know the number again? That, that's uh, WSFI, and it's... Well, uh, it's 224-585-9734. It's You're good, Father. Very good at this. Thank you. So call in, folks, if you um, have a prayer request or want to comment on Father's Talk. We'd love to hear from you. We have a few guests in the studios. I hope we're going to be hearing from them shortly, Father. There's okay. Anne and Margie here. Okay, wonderful. 
Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, Bonnie Quirk here. I'm the grandmother of 11 kids and the mother of seven. Catholic Radio is absolutely essential to spread the faith. We have to have it, and we have to have it right, and WSFI has it right. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. Father Bob Sears is giving us a beautiful talk on Blessed Are the Meek. Um, and Father, we have two people in the studio audience and I know they're getting ready to weigh in here. Um, I have a comment. You said something early in your talk about um, when we're, um, we're always looking for a place like home. Yes. And I, I put a big star next to that because... Um, sometime recently in my meditations and my prayer time, I, I, I look back to my years growing up in the apartment in New York and my parents and we had a nanny, Gertrude, and I went to school and came home and did my homework and home was home and sometimes in my prayer time I would have such a feeling of deep, deep rest when I thought, you know, Everything was okay then. The world was okay. I was okay. I was happy at home. I didn't have all these worries that I have now. It's like I was just home and I was taken care of. And I think that was a grace God gave me to, to imagine that. Don't you, Father? Very but, much so. But then some people don't have home like that. I you know, know. Some people's know. homes are not peaceful. They're filled with you know, conflict or whatever. So God knows that. And one of mm -hmm. his healings is that he brings us home to his own home. Yes. That's what he's ultimately given us through baptism is that we have, we're brought into his home. We have a new mother, Mary, and a new father, Heavenly Father, mm. who are totally loving. 
And one of the things that makes a home is the love of the mother and the father mm -hmm. for each other. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when there's conflict between the parents, then the <laughs> child doesn't feel at home. They feel yes. uh, up yeah, on pins and needles, yes. you know. Yes. <laughs> so what God is saying here is that they shall possess the land who are meek, that is, who really have their heart fixed in heaven, in God. Oh, that's that's so wonderful, Father. That's that's all oh, we we all need that so much. Now, Margie was making a comment during the break, and I want her to say, ask you what she, repeat what you told me, Margie. Okay, Joan, Father, uh, while listening to your talk, I was struck by the comment you made about when you you were not afraid to confront God. Give me some help. You want me to speak? Tell me what to do. You know, when I, I'm now in my late 70s, but when I was about 40, I felt my faith wavering a little bit. I'd gone to Catholic schools all my life, but I read a lot of memoirs and I read a lot of nonfiction and biography, and I realized that people who had faith seemed to be, seemed to handle life better, the good times, the bad times. And so I began to say a simple prayer. Every night I'd say, God, if faith is a gift, why can't I have it? <laughs> and, and you know, and I, with it, I said the memorari because it always struck me as such a powerful prayer because you're confronting the Blessed Mother, too. You know, mm -hmm. you're, that, that's such a wonderful prayer. Like, you're, you're daring her to, to not be there for you. And so <laughs> that combination <clears throat> started to bring people in my life. Joan McHugh's <laughs> one. Oh. <laughs> and... Um, Although we don't go back all that far, no. but but that's okay. And so, Father, I just wanted to say that uh, that I I loved your uh, your comment about uh, don't be afraid to ask. Uh -huh. Yes, I mean if God wants us to ask, in fact, Jesus has told us to ask. We mentioned that with the first beatitude because blessed are the poor in spirit, because poor people ask and and. That's the beginning of the three little passages that explain the poor. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, finds. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door is opened. God is saying that. I was, I was thinking, you know, some years ago we were in a prayer group, and I was wondering to myself, you know, is that true, Lord, that everybody, you know, that, that, that if you ask, you will receive? And that passage came up. <laughs> Somebody read it. He said, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door is opened. God always answers. Not always in the same way that we would like it to, because it's always God sees what's going to really be good for us. But he'll always respond. Because we are his children, and he never turns us away. Father, you gave such a, a stunning example of that when you shared about um, the homily and nothing was coming, and when you finally yelled out to him, you know, uh, well, what do you want? Then he answered you. <laughs> he was just waiting for me to ask. Because <laughs> God can't give us things if we don't, freely receive them if we're trying to do it see i was trying to do it and i think that's that's one of the major flaws of adam and eve you know because eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is taking things in their their own hands 
Mm-hmm. If I got the knowledge of good and evil, I don't need God. I can figure it out myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we're blessed if we're poor in spirit, because we don't have it. We think we have it, but then when we try, it doesn't work, or it works only for a time and then turns out to be empty. And and God says, be poor in spirit. Know that you don't have it. Well, Somebody it, once said, wisdom is to ask God for everything. <laughs> wow. But you know what? I think we spend our lives trying to have it. You yes, know? we do. Trying we to make it happen, trying to do it, trying to earn it, trying to win it, trying to, you know possess it that's right that's the difference between a meek person and one who isn't meek Mm -hmm. when we think it's up to us then we get mad when we don't get what we're trying to get because Mm -hmm. we feel like we're a failure or whatever Mm -hmm. and remember the psalm says you know don't be angry (laughs) why are we angry because people things don't turn out the way we think it ought to (laughs) and if we let it just be what it is then God will bring good out of it Mm-hmm. Father, such wisdom, such wisdom. So now the, what, what triggered me also was that when God gives us a vision um, and then he fulfills it, I, that really got me thinking to a, little, a dream I had the other night about I was sitting at the beach with my feet in the water and on the, behind me was a church and it was Our Lady of Good Help. And uh-huh. so I, I looked it up online, and I know Our Lady of Good Help is up in um, Green Bay. And it <laughs> was a shrine where Our Lady first appeared in the United States, and many people are healed there. And so help me with this, Father. So now I, I'm, I'm spending a lot, a lot of time thinking now, should I go to Our Lady of Good Help? Is that an, I've been praying for my granddaughter and for different people you know, how am I going to get there? When should I go? And I'm orchestrating, I'm, I'm <laughs> fulf- trying to fulfill the vision, right? Right, exactly. What should I do, Father? Well, somebody said if you have to use effort, it probably isn't from God. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so he, he'll have things fall into place if, if it's from him. Mm-hmm. You know, people, so when you 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 got that insight for some reason mm-hmm. and so it probably the time will come when you're you're invited to go there and then things will just be right you know mm-hmm. you'll be free that day and you you might have a friend who wants to go up there with you mm-hmm. or do whatever you know mm-hmm. so so whatever god does he does beautifully so we don't have to anxiously try to figure out how to do it wow well so now that relieves me because i keep looking at my calendar trying to figure out how am i going to get there and when (laughs) am i going and who am i going to go with (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you as though god didn't want us to be happy you know one of the (laughs) i i mentioned that maybe sometime in the past there i was trying to get a new computer because my computer was broken Mm -hmm. and uh I looked it over the computers, and I, you know, I didn't want to spend too much money because we're Jesuits and we shouldn't be wasting money. <laughs> and and but the ones that I was looking at weren't really pleasing to me. And one of them I did get, and it didn't work very well, so I had to <laughs> return it. And so my, my friend heard Jesus laugh, and and as <laughs> he heard, doesn't he want me? Doesn't he think I want him to be happy? <laughs> oh. 
And I immediately said no. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was wrong, so I had to really let go and let Jesus teach me. He wants me to know that he wants us to be happy so that I should get the one that actually feels right to me. Oh, nice. And I got it, and it was right. <laughs> but he, I never forgot that. So I always remember God is not stingy. He, he's totally generous. Mm. He won't give you more than you need, but he'll give you everything. And remember that passage in Psalm 37 that we were just reading. Take Where the, is was it? That, it take, but the meek shall possess the land, and then it's such like, those he blesses possess the land. Where is it? Take delight in the Lord, mm. and he will grant you your heart's request. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. So that delight, though, but that's a gift to be able to take delight in the Lord, isn't it? Yes, but, but God wants to give it to everybody mm-hmm. if we're open. Because mm-hmm. he is delightful. You know, Jesus, remember Jesus said in in John 15 that I call you friends. And I'm saying this, that my joy might be in you and your joy might be fulfilled, Mm -hmm. might be full. So basically Jesus is revealing himself that we could be joyful, just like the Beatitudes. That's why the Beatitudes are a sign of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's what I mentioned in the first part of this. Not everybody might not have heard the first part. But the, the person who has given me these insights into the Beatitudes pointed out that, that the, these Beatitudes, there's eight of them, and they basically are the Christian readings for the Hebrew Psalm 119. Because Psalm 119 has many verses, eight, and many stanzas, actually, it's 22 or 23, and it's the longest psalm in the Psalter, and they would read this three passages, three stanzas for every hour. They had eight hours for the Pentecost, and so this was the Pentecost reading for the Israel, for the for the Jews. And when Matthew gave the eight Beatitudes, this is basically the new Holy Spirit, just as in Luke's Gospel, the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost. So in Matthew's Gospel, the Beatitudes are for discerning the Holy Spirit. Mm. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, then we have these Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. Then we we know we can trust God and and trust everything to God because God is infinitely loving and generous and wants to give it to us. All he needs is our openness and asking. Mm -hmm. Father. I just, there's so much here. I, I want to listen to this after the show and, <laughs> and and dwell on it. So what would you say to the listeners now who are listening and maybe they've missed some of this? The bottom line of, of being meek in, and is how would you, how would you say, how we, how can we go about our lives to, to get, be, have the fruit of, of meekness, to bear the fruit of meekness? Well, the first one is trust, isn't it? Just like mm-hmm. those passages. The first one is trust. Mm-hmm. Put your heart in God. Mm-hmm. And then look to God to fulfill all that your heart requests. Mm-hmm. And secondly, then <clears throat> notice that God is taking care of many things. So it's again, it's trust, isn't it? Yes, yes. When you, when you look at the lilies of the field or you yes. look outside, 
For example, you, how do the trees grow? I mean, they don't they don't grow by themselves. God is constantly giving them life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So life is is constantly being given by God, and if we open our hearts to God, we will live. Mm-hmm. If we don't uh, d- doubt and close our hearts, which then makes us try to do it, and that's what we all try to do, because when we get hurt when we're younger or something like that, we we jump in and try to solve the problem. But every time we try to take over, when we use effort or, you know, force or we resist what's happening, all of that is bringing about the very thing we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. When we accept things from God, even though it surprises us, even though it hurts us that we lose somebody or whatever, if we just relax and say, Lord, teach me what I'm to learn from this event. Mm. Don't fight it, because it couldn't happen in the first place if God wasn't permitting it, and God is good. He can't do anything that isn't good. So he, he, everything he does is for our good. So what we think, for example, is, is for our hurt, like when I said in the womb I won't be a burden, is actually in God's providence why I can be healing now. Mm. He showed me that these things can start in the womb. Yes. And I wouldn't know that if I didn't get healed myself in something in the womb. So So, when we share the wounds of the world like Jesus did, then we're learning God's love. There's nothing that can keep us from God's love. Jesus himself identified with our sinfulness. He took on that pain himself so that what we usually do is fight it and resist it. We could now, with him, accept it. And as we accept it, then he'll show us how he's teaching about us about love. If we didn't have the sin, actually, if we didn't have sin, if we didn't have these wounds, we wouldn't know God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because God's mercy means to have a heart for the miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how would we know that God's love can overcome everything? How would we know that God wants to surrender himself and will wash our feet and will let himself be crucified for our sake so that we'll know that there's nothing that God doesn't want to be with us in so that we know his love which is unconditional. So this is that's the second thing, a total trust. And the third thing is that second passage there. If we really trust God, we won't want to hold on to things. We'll want to share everything that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. And that sharing shows that we're trusting God. So the, the the meek person, and you see this in the Psalm 37 coming up quite of the, you know, the, the rich, they try to possess things, but the meek person is generous and he lends. Mm-hmm. He gives of his gifts. And as he gives, then God gives back again. So the whole, not not just gives back again, gives more than we give. Mm-hmm. As St. Ignatius says, God is never outdone in generosity. So those three things, and especially then living day by day, they had to learn that in the desert. They had to, they couldn't store up things, because then they'd be taking it into their own hands. They had to trust that God was going to give them that manna and the the quail every day. Mm-hmm. If they stored it up, it would spoil. God was teaching them. 
that they can trust every day in what Jesus says then. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So, Father, what you're saying is is quite radical. What you're saying, at least what I'm hearing, is that everything is gift, no matter yeah. what. It is, it is. And we need to see it that way. And if we do, then we're not going to get kind of defensive or po possessive, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be generous. We'll share it with other people. But even pain and illness can be gift. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is a gift. Every mm -hmm. illness is a revelation of a pain that's in the spirit, <clears throat> I believe, that needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing it into the light so yes. that we can bring healing. Yes. That's so hopeful, Father. That's so hopeful. Well, well it is. It's filled with hope because, I mean, look, when we try to be, when we get anxious, anxiety is all about the future, you know. You know, guilt is about the past, boredom is about the present, and anxiety is about the future. And if we're, <clears throat> any of those are impossible if we're united with God. Mm -hmm. Because in the past he's forgiven us, in the present he's infinitely exciting and new and never can be exhausted. And in the future he takes care of it, and he's loving it. And the future's in his hands because nothing happens that God isn't in charge of. Nothing. So we have every reason to just be totally peaceful if we're people of faith, um, like most of our listeners are, like all of us here in the studio, wake up every morning, whatever happens, our Lord knows, God knows, has allowed it for our good, and to thank him for it, and to accept it as gift, and to grow from it. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Father, we only have four and a half minutes left. Um, people have emailed. May I give some requests to you for prayers? Okay, sure. Um, so there's about three I have here. One is from Tom. He's praying for direction and answers in his life. He lost, I think it was a, 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 a friend uh, that he was in love with. Um, it, it, there was a breakup. And he mm -hmm. says, I have no meaning and purpose in life. Okay, so beautiful. that's one. That's Tom. May I give you a few others, and then we'll, sure, you can pray for sure. them. Then there's Al, who uh, who whose mother died, and he's asking his mother in heaven to give his ex-wife the love he was unable to give her. Mm -hmm. okay. Wow, that's very moving. And then mm -hmm. there's an anonymous one. Um, uh, please pray for uh, for this lady to find the best husband. She would like to have a family. And she thanks you for praying for her. Okay, and then so we have my granddaughter, Ellie, who has, is 14, has cystic fibrosis and has some lung complications, Father. So could we pray for Ellie? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure there's all of the listeners out there have prayers. So, Father, if you'd tackle those and then the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> hey, Joan, can I just jump sure. in for a second? Sure. Hi, Father, see us. It's Angela. Uh -huh. So, Father, I have a request as well. We have an extra minute. You know, Kyle mm -hmm. Clement is going to be in town, Joan, oh, right. next week on March 3rd. Right. So on Saturday, he's making himself available. So we've had a scramble outside of the pocket. Is that the expression in football? Yes. 
So we'll be having it at the Church of St. Mary in Lake Forest, Joan. Yes. So we just want to reach out to all our listeners. Father, please pray that whoever's meant to be at this last minute, it's going to be kind of a Lenten retreat mm-hmm. at St. Mary's in Lake Forest, that whoever the Lord wants to have there yes. will show up. And whoever he doesn't want to, we, we almost hope that they'll stay home. Okay. <laughs> so, Father, please include that in your prayers. Very good. Now, he because he, he, he knows that we're trying to do his work, and so... We need to do it with trust, so we release that into your hands. And I'd just like to uh, point out this uh, litany for trust, basically, that was given by Father Dolindo Rotolo. Oh, I love that. Prophet for our time. And, oh. and he says, you know, why do you confuse yourselves by worrying, Jesus is saying, for the first day of this retreat? Leave the care of your affairs to me, and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations. That's Jesus speaking. Every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations. And he goes on to say, surrender to me does not mean to fret (laughs) or be upset Mm -hmm. or to lose hope, nor does it mean offering to me a worried prayer, asking me to follow you and change your worry into prayer. (laughs) It just means putting your eyes on me and trusting, and it will be done, whatever you wish. So, Lord, we ask that for all of these intentions, that you will give the direction to Tom and the answers in this new situation where he lost the woman that he loved. God must have a better one. So always look to things that God really has a better one, everything he allows us to go through. Al, whose mother's died, he's asking that his wife would have Mary in heaven loving her more than he could do himself. A beautiful prayer of generosity. The lady who wants to have the right husband. An understanding woman or husband is the gift of Yahweh. Just relax and let God give you exactly the one that's right for you. And when you're at peace inside yourself and and trust that that will be given, it will be given. And we pray for Allie and for her intentions and for Angela's intention about Saturday, the Lenten retreat, that all those who are meant to come, Lord, that you'd put it on their hearts to come, and that people, they would open their hearts, that they would also see see the people coming, Lord, all those that you see. Let's open our minds and our imaginations, because Scripture says if you pray for anything, believe that you have it already, and it will be yours. So open your heart and see the fact that all those that, are meant to be there, will be there on Saturday, and will come. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father.
been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.